Welcome to the Warrior Woman Podcast for Authentic, Autonomous, Birthy Women of Faith. I'm your host and newbie to podcasting, Julie Nitz. My main focus is around the birth cycle, but in no way is any of this medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. It's a sacred journey. Come to your own conclusions, make your own choices, and own them. Today, we are continuing our series called Journey Through Pregnancy and Birth with Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi. And how many weeks are you today? I am 16 weeks now. Nice. And last time mm-hmm. we talked, you were 12? Thir- yeah, 12 13? 13. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Anything notable happen in the last month? Um, I've had significantly less morning sickness. Um, we had that really vicious stomach bug that was going around. Um, so I wasn't sure if my nausea was because of that or because of being pregnant. So I don't know exactly when it stopped. Um, but it's definitely been better lately, which I'm super excited about because I can't stand morning sickness. It's like the worst thing ever. <laughs> right. Um, so that's happened. And then you mentioned the last time you were talking about like uh, palpation and, um, I was like, oh, no, I haven't felt my uterus. And so then after we talked, I was like, let me see if I can find it. And I was like pressing around. And I was like, I don't know what this thing is in the way, but like my uterus should be in this other spot. But no, it was my uterus. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, six baby, it's like a little bigger. <laughs> That's <time>. funny. <laughs> so I was like, no, it should totally be like around my pubic bone what is this in the way? And I was getting so frustrated. (laughs) Your uterus was in the way of feeling your uterus. (laughs) It was. (laughs) So, yeah, that was fun. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Too funny. Oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of uterus, where where is your uterus right now? Have you felt recently? Uh, Oh, yeah. I've been feeling all the time. It's probably about... mm, three fingers width I would say maybe two and a half fingers width below my belly button nice that's a little bit more than halfway right because at 16 weeks usually the um, top of the uterus or the fundus is about halfway between the pubic bone and the belly button yeah just a little bit more so that's why I was like it's not in the right spot but it's a little bigger (laughs) than uh, other times right which is pretty common for multip um, who's had more than one baby so very cool yeah it's exciting being able to like have something tangible like because you know you start out the journey and you're just like okay well I'm pregnant now what (laughs) you know so when you get to the stage of like okay no like I can feel my belly I can see changes happening it really ups the excitement for me yeah totally I mean really before 16 weeks there's not much to do or see or feel Sometimes you can feel a little bit of fluttering before 16 weeks. Have you felt anything like that yet? Like um, I felt a or... little bit, not a lot, not any like big movements, obviously, but um, I, I'm pretty sure I felt some fluttering. I feel like it's sometimes hard in the beginning to know if it's that or if it's gas or, <laughs> or right. what's going on because I mean, it's just so light and faint. And, and then of course, like once you've had a baby, you could have those phantom kicks you know, like even when you're not pregnant. So you're like, I don't know what's going on. 
<laughs> until you get those strong, you know, strong movements. Right. Or they like start happening more common than say a guest yeah. would happen, you know. Yeah. Or when it happens like after you drink like a really cold drink or <laughs> something, then yes. you're like, oh, yep, okay, that was the baby. <laughs> yeah. And usually like whenever you start feeling movement, which you know, usually feel it. I feel like you feel it a little bit sooner, unless you have like your placenta is anterior mm-hmm. on the front of your uterus. You kind of feel it a little bit sooner. The more babies, not only do you know what you're feeling, but like the the uterine wall and like the muscles in your stomach are a little bit you know thinner than they were, and so I think you usually you can feel it a little bit sooner. Yeah, I think so. But then there's also the other aspect of like when you have a bunch of other kids and you're distracted and you're like, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, yeah, something happened. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Have you been able to hear the baby yet? No, I haven't. I haven't even pulled out my fetoscope yet because for me, it's been a lot harder um, earlier on and it kind of gets stressful a little bit. <laughs> so I'm trying to be low stress this time, especially after with the last one, um, because I had the anterior placenta, I didn't feel movement for a really long time. And, and then I was spotting and I couldn't find the heartbeat. So I was super stressed. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna not do that this time and just take it slow. And I'll listen when I know I should be able to find something. And, you know, which for me has been closer to the 20 week mark. Um, and that's probably just skill more than anything else (laughs) but that's just been you know my sweet spot and so I've just been kind of waiting and not really trying to not stress myself out this time around yeah that's so smart you know for some people listening helps them not to feel stressed out Mm -hmm. and for other people it's like I don't even want to bother because what if I don't hear that doesn't necessarily mean there's there's anything wrong but my mind will wonder Mm -hmm. and so yeah totally I totally get that. Yeah, but for people who want to listen, sometimes you can hear. I feel like um, it's easier to hear on yourself than it is on somebody else this early. For other people, it's between 18 and 20 weeks that it's pretty easy for me to hear somebody else's baby. But for for myself, I feel like I can usually hear, um, besides the last baby where my uh, placenta was anterior, I could hear around 16 weeks pretty well. 14 weeks, I think, is the the soonest I could pick up heart tones. But that was at night when everything was completely silent. And it was easier to to really tune in and hear that. Yeah. But at 20 weeks, you can hear it really good. And it's a little easier to find. Especially because, like, now at 16 weeks, your baby's only about four and a half inches long and only weighs about three and a half ounces. So you know, your uterus is a lot bigger than that. And so it's just like, not only do you have to find your uterus, but then you're like searching around for this tiny little, you know, avocado floating in there. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's definitely not the easiest thing in the, in the world to do so early on, but it's exciting once you get to that like 20-ish week mark and it's a little easier to find and, you know, it's even easier to feel baby and all that. So I'm looking forward to that part of it and just kind of taking it slow. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah, it's fun just to feel your uterus though and yeah, oh, kind yeah. of feel where it's at and doing that and knowing that you're not going to feel baby parts quite yet, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, just knowing it's there and growing is, is helps you to feel more comforted, I think, yeah. too. And more connected too. I think it's, for me at least, I like with my first two, three, my first three, knowing the gender helped me to feel more connected to them. Uh, and I got, you know, ultrasounds and got that, uh, what is it, 18 week anatomy scan and all that. And so like, you knew at this point, like, okay, I'm going to know who this person is. And it's not like that um, when you choose to not get the ultrasounds. And so I feel like the, all the time that we take really like feeling our, feeling our bellies and listening and just plugging in really helps to build that connection and probably in a more organic way than waiting for someone else to take a tool to show you on your body this is your baby and this is who they are you know but like you plugging in for yourself and just connecting so I really I think it's amazing and important yeah I love that um I I feel like in our society we're all the time looking to the outside for other people Mm -hmm. and other technology and things to tell us about ourselves and our bodies and our babies and you know, whenever you have a low tech, no tech pregnancy, like you're doing, you know, you're the expert on your body and you know, you know, what's going on and you're not waiting for other people to tell you. And you're depending on the Holy spirit to lead you and to speak to you and, you know, share his heart with you and in your pregnancy. And I I love that. Yeah. Helps us to go a little deeper, I think. It does. It does. And I think um, it can be a little intimidating sometimes because like I come from more of a conservative, like ultra conservative background. And so then, you know, people believing like all the everything that you need to get from God is just in the Bible and he doesn't really speak or do anything else other than just reading the word kind of a thing. But then now um, being more like, okay, but God can speak in a lot of ways, you know, like he can point things out to me and, you know, lead me and whatever. And yeah, a lot of that comes from reading the Bible where different scripture I find to be applicable for something. And I feel like, wow, okay, that really spoke into my situation. Like, yes, that's true, but that's not the only way. And so being open to that has been very different for me. <laughs> and um, it's just been an interesting journey that he has me on, like, um, with this pregnancy, for example, um, I feel like he's really been speaking to me a lot about fear and not being afraid. And I was very fearful. Um, my last baby, not so much like in the way you would think of women being fearful at birth, but um, but I did have some different fears from different things that have been happening in our life and community. And so, you know, the whole time I was like, this is taking so long. I'm going to end up having to get a C-section. This is horrible. And, you know, just having all of that weight where this time around, I feel like the father's really like, don't be afraid. Don't, don't even go into this afraid. Don't start there. You know, trust me, lean on me. And he's just been kind of giving me little tidbits along the way of just, just trust, just trust. And I know that doesn't mean that everything's going to go perfectly, but, um, It's just, you know, learning to walk with him and be open to whatever it is that, you know, he's saying and doing and leading, but it's a vulnerable place (laughs) to be in. So totally all of pregnancy and 
it's definitely that fourth trimester is very much like vulnerability oh, is definitely yeah. the word for it, you know, cause you're so open and, you know, open for, you know, fear and negativity mm-hmm. and doubt and things like that. But what the opposite is also true, right? We're, we're open to hearing his voice and to amazingness and miracles and just the beauty of life too. So it's really cool. Actually our devotion tonight as a family was about, um, doubt and popping those, those doubt balloons Mm -hmm. and how doubt weakens our faith, you know? Um, and, and that's what, you know, the enemy wants to come in and replace our faith with doubt. And if he can do that, then we start questioning how, who he is and how powerful he is. And once that happens, then, you know, our faith, just our measure of faith that we've been given just decreases and decreases. And Mm -hmm. so just, you know, coming to him and asking for him to speak to us and believing that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I know that's true of you. You're definitely um, a daughter of the King diligently seeking him. So I love that you are being proactive and intentional and about these things and yeah, starting out in a place of strength. Yeah. Because I think it's so easy to spiral into that place of fear you just need one little thing to you know make you and so you have to just be really on alert um there's that verse in um song of solomon uh catch the little foxes for us um the little foxes that spoil the vine and i think yes. of that and applicable to like these kind of things like it could be one little thing that comes in and just totally derails everything but if we're faithful to watch for those things and ask the father to catch them and to you know help us with those little those little seeds of doubt or whatever you know that he's faithful to do that and so yeah we have to be on guard yeah and that's interesting that you say that because the other verse that was part of our devotion was from first peter 5 8 through 10 where he says um, and this is like a like a kid version but it says control yourselves and be careful the devil your enemy goes around like a roaring Mm -hmm. lion looking for someone to eat refuse to give in to him by standing strong in your faith you know that your Christian family all over the world is having the same kinds of suffering. God who gives all grace will make everything right. He will make you strong and support you and keep you from falling. I love that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. So what else has been going on? Anything else? How are you sleeping? Oh, you know, I have some good nights and some bad nights. <laughs> but I also have, um, so my youngest currently uh he's what, 16 months 15 16 months and um you know my milk dried up so he's not nursing at night anymore and so he's kind of waking up in the middle of the night um not so much to nurse but just like wanting to be comforted um I'm sure if he could nurse he'd be happy but <laughs> since I don't have anything I just kind of you know pat his back give him water or something and you know that seems to uh help him but he's doing that a little bit more frequently lately and so I think you know that's disrupting my sleep quite a bit and then I do have some other little ones that like to come and hop in my bed and when they come they like get on me like they can't just like sleep like in the bed they have to get like on top of me which is super <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> yeah so yeah so I have all those factors so I have some good nights where I get good sleep and then I have some not so great nights mm. has the fatigue Yes. That, well, that was a great question. Like, has the fatigue subsided and are you getting any naps during the day? Uh, 
fatigue yeah i would say it has some i definitely have a little bit more energy i've been able to get more done uh around the house and just and other things that i have going on and even getting out of the house <laughs> so i've had a little bit more energy for sure um but i do usually end up taking a nap because you know by like evening time i'm like i just need i'm just scratching this is it <laughs> i've done everything i can do for the day now um and then i'll usually my husband works pretty late so I usually crash and then get up like when he's getting off and then we'll get back to like our family rhythm, which I can do that because I have, you know, a little bit older children that are able, like I'm here and he's here. (laughs) So we're here and they're old enough that they're able to, you know, still make sure that everyone stays alive. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Sometimes you worry about those things. Like, you know, you take a shower and then like, you're it's you by yourself with your kids and you're in the shower and you're like is someone screaming I think someone's screaming I gotta hurry up you know (laughs) like those phantom screams like you worry when you're gone you're like are they gonna survive what's gonna happen yes and what's funny to me is sometimes I think oh my gosh they're like arguing out there and fighting about something and then I rush through get out and come to find out they were just goofing off or something and it was completely okay I'm like oh (laughs) yep but we just, you know, it's just ingrained in us to worry about our people and make sure that they're good. And so when we're away, like, okay, I got to hurry up and get back to them. <laughs> I know. Gosh. So how are you doing with food? Like, you're, are you meeting your nutrition goals? Oh, I'm trying so hard. Some days I'm doing good. And then other days I'm like, I don't even, I'm not even hungry. I don't even want anything. So I'm trying to just like um, do smoothies when I can. Like if I'm not feeling super hungry, then at least I'll like jam pack a smoothie with like a bunch of eggs and whatever else I can get in there. Some cashew butter or something to try to get like the highest amount of protein (laughs) as I can in one thing to try to just kind of keep me going. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of been my my little secret tri- uh, trick this time around. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, so some days are great and some days are like, oh, that was rough. <laughs> and I feel it when I don't get enough protein. Like I definitely feel a little bit more worn down and um, and even a little queasy sometimes. Which yeah. Which is interesting. So I'm working at it. Good. Yeah. Getting your protein can definitely like stave off that nausea feeling and, mm-hmm. you know, keep her blood sugar a little bit more level too, which also causes you to feel more nauseous. Yeah. Is there anything sure. that has sounded really good yet? I know you're always fun with like pregnancy cravings or things that you want. So <laughs> I have to ask, like, has any of that hit you yet? Like, are you like, I just want X, Y, and Z? A little bit. I've been really into Greek food lately, (laughs) and which my husband loves because he's like, yeah, you're going to make something fancy. Cool. (laughs) Because to him, you know, it's something fancy. But um, so I've been like and we live like in the boonies. So it's not like I can go get Greek food. I have to make it. (laughs) So, you know, and even down to the pitas, like I got to make my own pitas if I want them. So um, so we had like a Greek night the other night and they were super excited. What did you make? Um, I made like chicken suvaki wraps and uh, I made like a salad like but it's not like I, I guess I don't know if you really call it a salad because it's just like cucumbers and onions and tomatoes and feta there was like no lettuce so mm-hmm. not an American salad right a Greek salad or yeah Israeli Med- Middle Eastern salad there we go and um, and I made the pitas and um, what else did I put with it something else oh I made um, tzatziki sauce and I had to make 
one that was dairy and one that was dairy free. So that was a fun experiment trying to make dairy free uh, tzatziki sauce. Really? So what did um, you do for the dairy free? Like cashews? I used no, because we can't do nuts either. The ones I can't do dairy. Oh. So I did um, coconut, which that is new that we can even do. So I'm super excited about it. But so I used the coconut cream, like from a can of coconuts. Yeah. And then um, that was it was pretty thick in and of itself. So that was good. Um, but then I did need to thin it a little bit. So then I did use a little bit of the liquid that was in there too. And that was like great. And when you added the lemon to it, it helped to like not make it kind of sweet. Like, you know how yes. coconut can sometimes be a little bit sweet. I mean, it was unsweetened, but yeah. still sometimes it has a little. So yeah, the lemon helped to tone that down. And yeah, it was really good. Cool. So I was excited about that. And my kids were super excited. They were like, we actually get sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting Ooh, sounds yummy greek food is one of my favorites oh me too i love greek food i mean i love all kinds of food (laughs) but greek food is really good and just middle eastern mediterranean type food is that's my favorite and then jamaican food of course is really good we had jamaican night on friday night that was fun wow i bet amani loved that oh yeah of course he did (laughs) he always loves when i make jamaican food how about movement? How are you doing with that? Are you getting walks in? It's still pretty cold there, right? It's freezing. I'm not really getting a ton of walks in. But um, I know I need to be doing my stretches. And one of my friends just got on to me the other day like, you need to do your stretches. So I'm trying to stay on top of stretching um, like the cat-cow stretches, you know? Yeah. And doing calf stretches because my calves are always super tight. And, um, and that, you know, helps with everything else. And legs so I haven't really a, been getting hold when I'm walking. Legs up a wall is easy to do. You just lay there and put oh, your yeah. legs in the wall and stretch those. I will do that. I'll add that to my stretching. Yep. Yeah. Um, hopefully, once the weather breaks, then I'll get walks back in with my husband. We used to do, on his lunch break, we would walk um, about a mile. And that was really good for us. So I think it was a good time, like, just to talk and, you know, like, we would do it without the kids. So that was always good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a couple minutes to just, you know, be out in the fresh air and connect. So that was really, really good for us. So I'm looking forward to getting back to that. And I think that will be super beneficial once the weather warms up a little. Yeah. So are you starting to see a baby bump? Uh, Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I am. Yeah. That's always fun. I mean, I feel like I kind of already was before I even was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I had so many kids. But now, yeah, no, for sure. And even someone else was like, I see your little bump. And I was like, okay. Right? I know. I'm always like, hmm, I'm not really sure that's the baby, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like those first babies at, around this time, you're probably not even showing. You know, your clothes right. might feel a little bit snug. But, you know, you don't usually look pregnant that first baby. But that second baby, that sixth baby, that tenth baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you think about being pregnant and people are like, oh, you're pregnant. I'm like, oh, I know it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just bloat. But okay. <laughs> it's so true. It's so, so true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you feeling, have you felt those like toning contractions? Like some people are surprised that you can have contractions this early in pregnancy. No, I haven't. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say I haven't. I haven't lately. I was feeling them a little bit more when I was drinking more of my red raspberry tea, which makes complete sense. Um, 
but then I switched to drinking a different tea lately. And so I haven't felt them as much. Um, but I didn't feel them frequently then either, just a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. So some people, um, especially if, if you've had multiple babies, you might start feeling contractions as early as, you know, 20 weeks. And sometimes that can feel scary, like you might be going into early labor, but it's really pretty normal um, for a lot of people. So that's good. And like Hannah said, um, red raspberry leaf can make them feel a little bit stronger. And that's why um, some people recommend you not drink it in the first trimester. But I think that it's excellent for, it's just like a little exercise for your uterus. It's not really yeah. the contractions that bring a baby that open a cervix and, you know, thin out the cervix, but just toning the uterus, like giving it a little workout of its own. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of drinking it all throughout. I only switched because my nausea was like, yeah, you should drink something else. And so I did. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have stuck with it. Some but people yeah. drink and it and it helps their nausea. And for me, it's like I until I am not nauseous anymore, I cannot go anywhere near it because it does not taste good to me. Mm. I like to mix it with um, oat straw and nettles. And I don't know. It just feels, I don't know. I like it. It feels good. <laughs> And I've heard some people adding in like hibiscus or something, and that can help some of the flavor too. Well, the blend that I make for my clients, uh, like it has the red raspberry leaf and oat straw and nettle and alfalfa. And then there's Mm. at natural grocers, they have um, a tea mix called blueberry wild child. And I mix that in with the tea and add in cinnamon, like just powdered cinnamon and mix it all up. And it kind of like makes this really flavorful, yummy pregnancy tea. So I like that. I'll have to try that. That sounds like fun. There's actually this one guy in my pregnancy class, in my um, childbirth class that I do, that he he loved it. He came, um, I'm, I restarted my series again. So last month I did class one. And so it's this new couple. And he's like, that tea is so good. And I was like, yeah, and it's even good for guys to drink. So this last, uh, on Tuesday, I had my class and he said, is there no pregnancy tea this time? Because <laughs> he loves the taste of it. Oh, my word. That sounds like my husband. He's good for, like, drinking up my stuff or eating. I'm like, that's for me because I'm pregnant. And he's like, well, I thought we were both pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. no, no, no. You're only both pregnant if you both get to birth the baby. Right? Exactly. I've told him that several times. <laughs> yeah. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and I've always said, I'll be happy to trade you, actually. Even if you just do it once, I'd be grateful. I know. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, you know, out of all of these babies, I wish that he could at least experience it one time. I'd be happy with that. Yep. It'd be good. It'd be good for them. Totally. Help them to have a little more empathy. Yes. Yeah, anything else you feel like is good to point out during this part of the pregnancy that happens or whether it be physically or emotionally or whatever? Um, I feel like, so this time around, being that it is my sixth baby, I've kind of turned really inward, which is very different for me. Normally, I'm like all like doing everything out outside of myself, but I really feel like the father's been calling me to just really like focus and and pay attention to little things and and kind of get my house in order for having another person um because I'm not like the most 
organized person and whatever. So I'm really needing, though, to get an extra dose of that. Like, I mean, I don't really know the Enneagram really well, but one of my friends told me that I'm totally a seven. So whatever that means, yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes, I'm totally are. a seven and I'm an ENFP. And so I am like out there. <laughs> and so I really need to really like pull it together and have a little bit more structure and all of that. So I've really been focusing on that this time around, just being prepared for the fact that there's going to be more people that I am stewarding and having to, you know, lead towards the father. And so, I mean, that's really been, been where I'm at right now. And I think for everyone, every pregnancy, where you are mentally and everything is going to be different, you know, like maybe maybe you've got all that stuff together and you're just super excited about baby and you can focus on all that stuff. But I feel like I'm in like, get my home in order mode right now. Um, so I haven't even been like plugging into hardly anything. I haven't really been around on social media. I've just been like trying my hardest to just be really focused. Believe me, so, I noticed because I'm like, yay, she's pregnant. She'll be back on Facebook all the time. And I <laughs> chat because I miss her so much. And then like, you disappeared again. And I'm so sad because I feel like I get to talk to her so much more when she's pregnant because you just like come out of your shell. So you definitely are different this pregnancy. It has definitely been a different one. And I do miss being able to like plug in and connect with people because I, that, I that's me. I'm a people person. I'm totally like, I want to be where the people are like you know (laughs) that's me (laughs) but I feel like the father's like no no not this time just come have a seat sit by me we're gonna you know grow you in some areas so it's been interesting (laughs) I love that and I love that you know that instead of feeling like I mean because I could probably feel a little confusing at first like why am I this way like this is not Mm -hmm. weird and it might feel you know, almost a little depressing, but to know that like, he's calling you to a different place this time makes, you know, makes it more understandable, like, uh, puts you in that, like, waiting, like, okay, like, you know, Samuel saying, you know, yes, Lord, here I am speak, like you're sitting Mm -hmm. there at his feet waiting, you know, for whatever it is that he's trying to do in you. Yeah, and I do, I definitely had my moments of like why are you doing this to me <laughs> you know yeah but um I think the longer that he's kept me in this place and the more that I've pressed in and really and sought him not from that place of why are you doing this to me but from the place of okay I'm here and I really want this I really want to connect with you so what do you want to show me um I think that's just been golden for me this time around and um yeah and even like in my in-person relationships I've you know, struggle with like, oh, like, I really want to be where everyone else is at. I want to go and hang out and do these things. But I've just, you know, had to pull back some, not completely. I'm not like a total clam, but, (laughs) but I've definitely pulled back some. I've got all these people I have to shepherd and (laughs) figure stuff out for. So Yeah. yeah, it makes it a little uh harder I think to like go outward I think there comes a point when your family grows you know so big that you know your your people are right there in your own house you know and it's like they take up so much time and you want to give um and it 
you realize that's where your growth is. And especially as I get a little bit older too, I think it grows you in different ways and you find some of your social needs uh, within your own home, I think, which is really cool. I'm looking forward to that stage. I think we're we're definitely at a stage of them needing me in different ways, but we're still, they're still a little bit young for a lot of the social aspects of it, but I'm super excited about that. Like I'm like totally excited for the teenage years and I'm like I rebuke rebellion in the name of Yeshua <laughs> yes. so I'm like you know I'm looking forward to just all the seasons and stages I want to enjoy it all I want to take it all in enjoy it all and see the beauty in it for you know what it is and yeah so, yeah that's my hope yes totally well and for the listeners who are in this pregnancy thing for the first time Another um, change you might notice in this time is um, seeing more blood vessels around your breasts. Sometimes your nipples darken and become more nodular or erect. Um, Some of that tenderness that you might have felt in early pregnancy has probably subsided by now. And some women even experience colostrum, that that first um, liquid gold is what some people call it. Um, before mm-hmm. your milk comes in, they experience some of that leaking from their nipples during pregnancy. Um, that's not ever happened to me. Like I can see, like sometimes it will, um, tiny bits come out and dry up and it's like this nice moisture getting your nipples ready for, for breastfeeding. But I don't ever really have actual colostrum leaking from mm-hmm. my nipples. Um, but I've heard lots of women talk about that. So that might feel weird or scary or like what's happening to me. I've never been leaking from my nipples before, (laughs) Um, but that's totally something that can happen and be normal for you. Yeah. I've never experienced that either. (laughs) At least not while pregnant, you know, after stuff leaks all the time, but (laughs) (laughs) beforehand (laughs) there's not a whole lot of that. Right. Well, I thought since there's not like a lot going on during this time, that we might talk about the fourth trimester. Um, do you want to yeah. tell everybody what is the fourth trimester? It is from when you birth your baby and those next three months after while you're, um, you know, loving on your baby, bonding, breastfeeding, all the different things that come along with that time. Yeah, your recovery period after birth. Mm-hmm. And usually they call it the fourth trimester because each trimester is about three months and then the three months after baby. But really, I, I always tell people you're, it's the postpartum time and you're basically postpartum for life because you're changed yeah. forever. Like you don't, some people for think, real. oh, you know, you're postpartum and then you get back to your, your old self and your old body and your old, that's gone and done away with and can never be. You're changed forever. Um, but that fourth trimester is definitely the, like the most intense part of changes and, um, you know, equilibrium, you know, like you're getting back to not your old self, but more your new normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's not too early at all to think, start thinking about that. I actually was talking to my two friends, Abby and Danny, that I would like to reorder my childbirth education series because I usually only teach it once a month and it's five classes. So it takes five months to get through. And the last one I do is the fourth trimester planning class. And by then they're at the end of their pregnancy. And I feel like 
by the time I cover it, you know, they're too tired or they haven't, they don't have enough time to think about it that I would really like to do it as one of the first couple classes so that they have that entire pregnancy to really dive in and dig deep and think and plan and save money. Cause I mean, a lot of people, they don't even think about the, you know, prepare for the postpartum period at all. They're just thinking about getting through pregnancy and getting to the birth part um, that they don't realize that there is this intense afterwards that is just Mm -hmm. as important, if not even more so than the time and energy you take during the pregnancy. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely already started um, (laughs) making some plans for my postpartum period. I've been giving my husband a list of things that I want him to eat Um, in the past want him to make for me to eat um in the past I did not have great um postpartum uh at all like it was just (laughs) rough like I remember uh one time I was like maybe three days after I had given birth my husband's like are you gonna cook dinner tonight and I was like no (laughs) what's wrong with you and he was just like I was just asking I just wanted to know I just wanted to see I was like you shouldn't even ask like I was so mad (laughs) like but um Last time around, and I think that this is part of being in community with other people, having other people in your life that um, are going to plug in with you. But last time, it was amazing. I actually got to rest. And while my husband was making, you know, able to make some things and, you know, take care of the family and cook and whatever, we also had other people that would come and drop off snacks and drop off meals and drop off, like, more than enough for our family to have, you know, so that we're not constantly think like it's harder I think for for whoever the person is in the family that doesn't normally take care of meals and everything to think of it and come up with it all right to be like oh I have to okay I have to make this I have to make lunch make breakfast like it's hard enough for me to come up with food three times a day for everyone yeah <laughs> and I do it every day so you know for my husband it's a lot and not that he's not capable he's totally capable and I don't want to make it seem like he can't, but it's just such a blessing to have other people too, especially other women that just really want to take care of you. And so, you know, they come and they check on me and, you know, just see what's going on. Do you need, you need a second to get a shower? Like, what do you need? How can I help you? You know, check in with my kids. And it's just such a blessing. And I feel like we all need that. We need that, that community of people that are going to love on us and help us. And if you don't have it um, physically, trying to figure out how to prepare so that you can still rest and not um, not be in that that place. Like we have a mutual friend that um, she prepares food ahead of time and she stocks up her freezer. And so that way all her husband has to do is grab a, grab a container and dump it in the pot. And so now he really doesn't have to even think. And she has it like all mapped out. Here's the meals. Here's this. So, you know, like that's how she helps herself in that way. Yeah, she um, sounds like me. I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's great. I mean, I'm just not that organized. <laughs> I'd love to be. And the father's working on me. And maybe I will be one day. But at this moment, I'm not. And so it's been so amazing to have other people that are just like, no, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm going to support you. And um, so that was awesome. And so this time around, you know, I'm hoping that it'll be a similar situation. I mean, we're in the same community. And we've I've talked to some of the people already. They're like, yeah, totally. And um you know, and we all have a bunch of children and know how that is. And we've all supported each other uh, through birth and such. So it's just kind of a natural thing. But yeah, that's just 
huge for me. And then I've already been thinking about like, um, what's, what to do with my children and um, how to keep them occupied and entertained and, you know, all those things. Like, so I've already been thinking about that. Um, and this time around, it's a little different, I guess, because I know a little bit more how to help myself to make it flow. Um, so I'm not like super stressed out. Last time I was like, I need to know like all these different details and trying to figure out all these things. And, um, you know, like I need this pillow and I need this thing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but this time around I've been like, no, I'm good. I know that it's gonna, you know, work out as long as I have the main things covered, you know, food and what's gonna happen with my kids. We've been trying to plan out like how my husband's gonna get off work, like what, how much time to take off and all that, trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I think it's super important to figure it all out and figure it out early because it's just, it's such an amazing time. Like having that time, this last time was so different from the other times. And I felt so much better after even two weeks of that time That's than I amazing. had in the past at two weeks because I got to truly rest and truly bond with my baby and, you know, and with my, the rest of my family too. I wasn't like in a cave and didn't talk to anyone, <laughs> but it's just this like, um, this just bubble almost like this bubble around my family. That's what it felt like. Like we were just in this happy baby bubble and we just got to love on the baby and be present and not be stressed about cleaning up or cooking or pleasing anyone else that might want to come over and feel like I got to get dressed and I got to get the baby dressed and I got to do all this stuff to make other people happy. Like, no, I just, especially the first week I stayed in my room. And if you came over, if I'm not comfortable with you seeing me in my nightgown, then you can't come in. Yes. <laughs> I'll see you another time. You know, you got time to see the baby. They don't change that that much in the first couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll survive. Yes, exactly. Because so, really, yeah, that's what it's all boundaries. about is you mm -hmm. right during that time. Like, what, is, what do you need? Mothering the mother, you know? That's what yeah, the exactly. fourth trimester is all about. Because you, everything your baby needs is with you and on you and in you so mm -hmm. what you need isn't for people to come take care of your baby but to take care of you and I was gonna say exactly. like we need to make sure that if we don't already have community we tried our best to build community besides our husbands so whenever I yeah. ask people like what are your plans you know for postpartum oh my husband's gonna take a couple weeks off well your husband doesn't count because really he needs support too like the men should mm -hmm. I would love to see men gather around the new dads even more because not only as a mom born but a dad is born and his world changes mm -hmm. and there's lots of things he has to adjust to you know he had you all if you're, this is your first baby then he's had you to himself all this time and he's got to adjust to not having you I mean that is a big deal for many men after a baby's born of actually feeling jealous of their own baby because mm -hmm. of not having what they're used to and the love and support from their wife. But it's so important for the woman to take care of that new baby who has nothing outside of you. Right. And so I would love to see more community, even men come along and, you know, pray with the, the new dads and, you know, take them out. So it kind of takes up some of that that time that, you know, they might need from their wives, you know, that extra, you know, attention, you know, 
I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what that looks like because we don't really have it, you know, in our culture. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the women coming in and supporting the mom and the dad's just kind of like there and glad, but I feel like they go through things too. And it would be really neat to see some kind of postpartum support for them. I, and like I said, I don't know, maybe you have an idea, but I don't know exactly what that should look like, but it would be great to see more of that around the entire family and not just mom. I mean, obviously mom is the main focus because you just gave birth and you're the one who's providing the main nutrients, right? And you need to take care of, Mm -hmm. your family needs taken care of too. And and so people need to come, but alongside you for that. But yeah, I would just love to see more community. I think that's what most of us long for. You know, I feel like that's what we were created for. Like we weren't created to be in isolation from other people. And so, you know, having having that support, having people that love us and have our back. And I mean, some people have that within their nuclear family and that's amazing, you know, that if you have that, but if you don't, you know, it's good to have other people that, that love you and care about you and can support you and be there for you and cheer you on, you know? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, it's interesting I just posted, I can't remember if it's today or yesterday. It might've been, I think it was today, um, this post on Facebook and it was just a repost of something I found on, um, Instagram from Catherine Goldstein. Um, and she says nearly 25% of mothers go back to work within two weeks of giving birth to give you a sense of where human mothers fall in the legal protection hierarchy. It's illegal to separate a dog from her newborn pups before eight weeks in several states. So it's interesting that like in our culture, we push women to go back to work. Um, you know, there's like, okay, when are you, you know, when are you ready? You know, like you, you only yeah. get two weeks off. Like it, they're like thinking California, they just changed it where you get like six months off. It's not paid, but I think like, you know, you get that and they're trying to push yeah. for that in other states. But right now, most women only get two weeks maternity leave, which is insane because, like I said, in several states, it's illegal to separate a dog, you know, puppies from their mother, you know. So it's just insane how we are so backwards and we need more support. Oh, my goodness. That makes me so sad. I can't even imagine at two weeks leaving my baby, leaving my postpartum bed, <laughs> like just, and having to go and work somewhere. Oh my word. Yeah. Oh, it makes my heart so sad. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I mean, it's really That's struck a chord funny. because I've had, this has been like my most shared post that I've ever shared for my page. And, um, it's just been, it's really struck a chord with a lot of people like, wow, that's yeah. really crazy and insane. Cause it's like, busyness and getting back to yourself, you know, being the wonder woman, um, is like Mm -hmm. a badge of honor in our society. Whereas in other societies, it's the exact opposite. They no, no, Mm -hmm. no, stay in bed. Um, like within East Indian culture, they say 42 days for 42 years. So you stay in this postpartum cocooning time for 42 days so that you can have the next 42 years of, you know, Mm -hmm. plenty and of, you know, good health. And, you know, they know that it makes a huge difference 40 years from now. It's not about like, oh, well, you know, let's just do what we have to do, pull up our bootstraps and go on. They understand. And and same thing with Mexican cultures, they have 40 days that they um, stay away. Uh, Same thing within um, Asian 
countries. It's usually a 40 day time of separation and just healing and women and other people in the community surrounding that woman and the family and taking care of household duties and their children and providing warm and nourishing, easily digestible meals and uh, lots and lots of massage, Um, a lot of body work, which is interesting because I know you and me and some of our friends are super into, um, you know, the different body work modalities and how body work is part of that healing plan. So that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is crazy how in America, and I guess not even just America, but more like Western countries, we just have this like, go, go, go. And yeah, you're right. It is like a badge of honor to say like, oh, yeah, I got up, you know, I pushed up that baby and I was right back at it. And, you know, it shouldn't be so. And I'm thankful that, you know, the women that I'm around all share that. And so, you know, they help and they're not like, oh, so when are you going to feel like getting up? You know, it's like, get back in bed. Why do I see you here? You know, (laughs) why are you in the living room? Go to bed. So that's been, you know, that's great. And I know like even when I, if I'm like talking to you or something, you're like, what are you doing? I hope that you're resting, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So that's super important, you know, having, having that support, having other people that are encouraging you in that. Cause that's hard too. Like when you, you know, if you only have people around you that are, you know, of that mindset, you're not getting the right mental encouragement and support. So that's really important for those women out there that maybe they don't have friends that agree, like find them, <laughs> find those people, find your tribe and yes. hold hard on to them because you need them even just for mental clarity. <laughs> you need yes. Them. Find your people. Yes. Even if it's, you know, I know some women who they say like they have no one, if it's no mm-hmm. one in the, you know, in your physical, actual real life, then get an online tribe. I know some people, yeah. you know, there is are things to gain from, you know, just even virtual encouragement and friends. So do that at the very least. I'm going to do yeah, my next podcast. I'm going to um, talk all about some details about planning your postpartum time and you know, the importance of it all. But I'd love to hear um, some of your favorite resources, Hannah, that they can check out and then I'll share mine for the postpartum period. Um, okay. So I loved the book, um, First 40 Days. That was really good. Yeah, really, that's really on my good. list. That really helped. <laughs> um, I don't know that I've read a whole ton of stuff. I feel like um, a lot of my encouragement and support in postpartum also just came from my online community of other people that value the postpartum period and communicating with them. Um, So I think that's like the only book and otherwise it's been like learning through different communities um, that we've both actually been part of where we just kind of grew and learned about different things. so yeah, I think I think that's pretty much <laughs> my list this time around. It's kind of like, okay, I know I got my game plan from the last time. And so I really haven't read anything. But yeah. I think that was one of the main things that I was reading um, last time. Yeah. Well, that one's a, definitely um, number one on my list. It's a great book. First half of it is just, um, it's the first 40 days and the subtitles, The Essential Art of Nourishing the New Mother. 
So it just talks about the importance of it. And then the second half are really cool recipes um, that are geared towards the postpartum time of warm, easily digestible, rich, nourishing foods. Um, So that's really good. And then my next recommendation is a book called After the Baby's Birth, A Woman's Way to Wellness by Robin Lim. It's really good. And it talks about um, some Ayurvedic suggestions in there and massage. And uh, it also has some um, recipes. And then it even goes on to like toning your body um, after baby with like stretching and using your baby in like some movements and stuff that makes it fun and integrative. And then the next um, suggestion is a book I just got and I haven't even read, but I've heard so many good reviews for. And I just listened to the interview um, with the author. The book is called The Fourth Trimester by Kimberly Ann Johnson. Um, she's online as MAGA Mama. She's on Facebook and Instagram, um, but she, you can um, listen to the interview that, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the lady, the gal from Fertility Friday. She interviewed Leanne Johnson, um, and she talks about her book and just postpartum in, in particular, and I'll add all these links to the show notes so that you can check them out, but um, I cannot wait to get into this book and read it. And then um, I have not read, but I have looked through Kestrel Gates's book, Build Your Nest, a postpartum planning workbook. So it's just a lot of very intentional, um, really looking into, you know, what you need and what you want and giving you space within the book to write all of that out. And then if you go to my website, warriorwoman.com, Hana actually um, helped me make a fourth trimester planner. You can get that there Um, and it's, you know, just kind of walks you through some, some questions and uh, help you to really figure out what it is you want and need. And then um, one of the pages is um, an actual baby, it's called baby moon blessings where you can take to your baby shower or your mama blessing or just pass at your church community Um, it's an, and it's a sign up and it's actually, it's like a letter from your baby asking for, um, help for mom. Um, and so there's a list here where people can sign up to do light housework or drop off a meal or entertain the toddler, take your children on an activity, walk the dog laundry, um, or just give mommy a break to take a nap, um, that people can just sign up and then, you know, you can take it home and you know who you can call or your husband can set that up or your best friend. So that's something cool. And then, like I said, um, go to Fertility Friday um, podcast and listen to Kimber- Kimberly Ann um, Johnson's interview. So that those are my suggestions right now. Any last tips for a noob Hana, whether it's their first baby or their fifth baby planning um, a postpartum retreat. Ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help Um, and set boundaries. Like know what you like, figure out what you need and what you don't need and figure out who is not going (laughs) to give you the space for those things and set some boundaries with them. Don't just let everyone into your space because that totally can mess with you. Yeah. Especially in that tender time of having just had your baby and all of your hormones regulating and everything you just you want to protect that space as much as you can yes 
Definitely. That's great advice. Yeah. And I think mine would be to sit down and know that you're worthy of it. Like your creator Mm -hmm. thinks you are worthy of it. I mean, he even built it into his word. He gave women, you know, this time away, this separation after they have babies, you know, 40 days for a boy and 80 for a girl to be, you know, have this time that they can just focus on this new season in their life. So you are worth Mm -hmm. it and he thinks you're worth it. So you might as well think you are too and not, you know, take on that guilt. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks Hannah for chatting with me today and sharing about your life and your pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah. Baby F. (laughs) Yes. Baby F. I always enjoy getting to chat with you. Yeah, me too. Well, would you mind closing us in prayer today, Hannah? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Right. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time that we've been able to just talk and share all that you have for women and for even ourselves. And I pray that this all reaches each one that you have it for, Father, that you would just speak to their hearts, speak to their minds. I pray that you would just guide them and that they would be listening and open and receptive to whatever it is that you have. And I pray that all of those mamas out there that are carrying a baby at this time have a smooth pregnancy and smooth delivery and that you would just um, wrap your loving arms around them that they'd know that you are with them. And I just thank you for your goodness and your mercy in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I would like to leave everybody with this beautiful scripture from Psalms, one of my favorites, Psalm 127, 3 and 4. Behold, children are a heritage of Adonai. The fruit of the womb is a reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of one's youth. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening today. And if you could leave a, a review wherever you're listening from, whether it's the Anchor app or iTunes or Um, any of the other ones you might be listening from. And also, if you're listening from the Anchor app, there's an option where you can record a message or a question to us or to me, and we can play that on the podcast and answer your questions. So go ahead and do that. That would be a fun episode to do where we just answer people's questions or Hannah answers questions about her pregnancy, whatever you guys want to leave. We're open to to doing and I will leave all of these um, resources that we mentioned in the show notes and I hope to have you soon when I talk about the 